Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is more than just a podcast. Podcast! Uh, season 7, episode 5. Uh, this week, we're, we're recording on a Wednesday. Uh, obviously, we had a game on the Monday, a normal recording night. Uh, this week, I have got George. Where are you and what have you been drinking tonight? I am in my house in the Outer Hebrides and I've been drinking nothing but water. That's not true. Nigel, we've got Nigel come back. Uh, where are you and what have you been drinking? Tea in my <laughs> shed. In your shed. Excellent. We'd expect nothing else. And this week, uh, back again, because uh, uh, John's not around this week. We've got Ian Dale. Where are you, Ian? And what are you drinking? I am in Pembury near Tunbridge Wells. I've been, I have one cranberry juice this evening at a drink stew for my company, and I've got my miniature now as a bubba on my lap. Oh. <laughs> Excellent. Sean, Sean, so, tonight. You missed back by popular demand. <laughs> there was no popular demand. Popular, was there not? No. <laughs> no. Sorry. I no, must someone, have misread the comments. Someone was nasty about me, weren't they, Sean? Well. <laughs> One one person did did call you rude and obnoxious. That is true. Well, yeah, um, that is true as well. <laughs> um, but but do you know what? If if you took every uh, on board every comment on social media, <laughs> then I would be a lot of things. Uh, I, I did get a lot of grief, by the way, a lot of grief for doing an interview in the sun let's, this week. Let's be fair, Sean. You are a lot of things. <laughs> that might be true. That might be true. <laughs> Um, I, I don't know if you heard, but I, there was a fight over me in uh, in Talksport. Both Andy Goldstein and and um, and Jason Cundy. I'd, I'd swapped um, programs to to do the the extra time program on the next one, and and they they had a fight over me over their guests and said um, how they shouldn't be nicking guests. Oh, must be desperate. Well, it is one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> I usually do the the quarter past twelve blogging spot for for sports uh, for the uh, sports bar, and I move to the one o'clock spot. I don't I don't know how many people are listening that time in the morning. You came on my program once, didn't you? I did, I did. Because we're not really allowed to do sports, so I don't know how I wangled that one. You did wangle it. I think I think there was some political angle to it or something. <laughs> anyway, we we all went to a game on Monday in the pouring rain, so let's talk about that. Uh, we we won a game against Huddersfield, two goals to to nil. Um, I'm going to start with George um, to see if he slurs at all. Um, how did you find your first home game of the season, George? I mean, I, I I enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy the game so much. I think we we looked the better team, but so we should against a team like Huddersfield. And I, I think the, the goals we got were both lucky, and I think that's what we needed to to get us going this year. Um, Obiang's in particular was sort of funny 
as such. We did look at each other, didn't we? We did. Uh, in, I did. One one three, and went. How did that go in? I'm not really sure how it went in, but yeah, I, I found it quite funny that 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 was our goal, and that's what got us going this year. And I, I think that is what we needed to get us the three points and get our season underway. Um, so as a, as a whole, I think we deserve the win, uh, but it's not the most convincing performance I've ever seen. Was Slaven Bilic a tactical genius on dropping Chikorito and bringing on uh, Andrei Ayu? Well, the, the the football on the pitch seems to say so, yeah. But I mean, at the time, we all uh, we all uh, were quite disgruntled at the fact that he's bringing off Hernandez. So uh, I'm not sure. I mean, Ayu got a goal and an assist, I think. So it proved that it worked, but it's not what I would have done. Did you have a good time uh, in in general? Is it good to be back at home in your beloved London Stadium, George? Absolutely. Yeah, I felt right at home, Sean. I walked in the turnstiles. I saw the popcorn stand, and I saw the Mr. Whippy. Yeah, around Mr. The corner, Whippy, great yeah. addition for this season. <laughs> Claret and blue <laughs> slash yeah, puppies. Uh, yeah. And and Ben and Jerry's is gone, but Magnum um, are on sale. And don't forget the fresh um, popcorn, coloured popcorn. And what top? What topped it all off for me was the fact that I queued for half an hour before getting a beer and then was almost charged uh, the non-early starter prices. So Now you've seen the email. I have spoken to someone very senior about your problems Yeah. and uh, she's promised to solve to solve them. And it isn't the catering manager. You've is seen it, the email. I forwarded it, it to you. Is it Clunge? <laughs> Thank you, Paul. There's a throwback. There's a throwback. <laughs> uh, let's move on to uh, Nigel in in the Outer Hebrides. In what was it like watching the game from that high up, Nigel? In fact, remind people where you do sit. Well, I've I've now moved into uh, uh, band five. Uh, oh, this was your first time in your new yeah. seats. We haven't yeah. seen them yet. I've yeah. actually moved forward. Uh, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> this is the uh, how crazy their their banding was. I've moved three rows forward and to the right, twenty five seats, and saved myself. I don't know, two hundred and twenty quid. They had the club had to give me back, um, and I can still walk around and sit where I like because there's loads of empty seats. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> did did you, did you use both your tickets? Did you use the um, your son's ticket? <laughs> Uh, no, he didn't come to the game because it was a school night. Right. So you sold it on on ticket exchange, did no, you? No, you know I don't do that, and I don't mind admitting that I don't do that. But I, well, at the end you're of the part day, of the problem, I, Nigel. No, I ain't because I did the same thing at the bowling grand. So I'm doing different, nothing to what I did before. I had two seats at the bowling. The kids never came. Well, I had to have two seats at bowling. I was in the family seating area. They wouldn't let me not have one, but. So I'll, if I want two seats, that's up to me, isn't it? It's my money. I'll do what yeah. I like. I sold both mine. I got £4 each for each uh, under-16 well, seat. I haven't got a problem beers with on, Beers on Sean. I could, I could have got you more money than it. I only paid £99 for them each, so £4 is not bad. Anyway, let's talk, Nigel. Uh, well, your view was better then if you've moved forward. What did you think of the game? Well, I actually thought it was a good game of football, to be honest. Um, I thought West Ham played well. I thought Huddersfield had a go as well. Uh, I, I I really enjoyed it. I honestly did. Even at nil-nil, I thought, look, we're having a go. It's a lot different. Uh, we were playing a lot better than we had in previous games. Long it went on nil-nil, you could feel the tension, I think, in the crowd. And then he took Chikorito off. A lot of people, obviously, were upset. What did you think then, though? What did oh, you, look, he's honestly... He's the manager. It's his decision. It's his job on the line. It's up to him, isn't it? At the end of the day, it worked. So, you know, we can all sit there and go, oh, I wouldn't do that, I wouldn't do this. He did it, and it worked. So the man's kept his job for another week, you know, in this... Well, we'll, we'll talk more about that later. I don't think he was ever getting sacked. But um, you must have thought, 72 minutes, no goals. You must have thought, because I did. Nil-nil, here we well, come. No, I actually, I didn't. But what I thought was, this was a decision that could cost him his job. So it better work for him. Yeah, because it, I honestly do believe I think if he had lost that especially after Palace getting rid of De Boer after four games I think the pressure on the owners by the fans I think they would have I know what you're going to say they don't sack their managers but I think yeah. the amount of pressure they're on with everything else you know they would need to do something 
and and that's what they would do because the only thing as owners they can do now is sack the manager they can't buy players till january if they're going to sit there and take stick and take stick in the end they will buckle yeah well we'll see what what other highlights or lowlights were there who who Im- who impressed uh on the day who was your man of the match who 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 was the the villain of of the 90 minutes um well, I, I, I couldn't fault anyone to be fair antonio had a good game it's good to see Chiarty back in the middle I could. It was difficult to try and work out was he playing two up front or not. Chikorito did drift out at times, and the Carroll drifted out at times. Though. So whether they were chopping and changing, a lot of people just seemed to be picking up on Chikorito drifting. Carroll drifted out wide to pick the ball up. Um, I'm not going to fault it. I thought it was a good game of football, and we played well. You, you, so you, you thought that? Um, I mean, obviously, Kiarty you know should have as a midfielder unless he's just going to be a defender should have so, buried one of those two chances he had I'm I'm willing to say that I think Kiai was a villain of the night I think that was one of the yeah. worst games I've ever seen him play for West Ham I agree yeah. um, and how about Font I thought Font right. had a good game to be fair I don't know about everyone else did alright I don't know I mean the the other one was Chikorito I thought he got dispossessed too too easily you know but that's what happens when you play a striker who is a poacher in the left side of midfield in my opinion I think he was being played out of position but was he the left side of midfield he wasn't the left side I of think midfield, he was, was he? I think well was I it? think he was left he was left attacking winger and he had Antonio right attacking hmm. winger and I think he had Andy Carr up front that's why I saw it so you say he played five God, what formation was it then one up front five at the back that leaves four in the middle yeah yeah, so I, I honestly, I think, I think, I think, Hernandez wasn't wasn't playing striker, was he? No, he was a he was a winger. Well, where he was, was he winger. when he hit the crossbar? He was in the box, but that's what oh, left well, wingers do go. when the right. He's, he's a fox in the box. When the when the right wingers attacking, the the left winger should be in the box, right on the other side. And that's and exactly what we did. Most of our attacking down the right with Antonio. Of course, it was. Yeah. Well, before we move on to Ian, I'll just tell you the official attendance was 56,977. So there were, there were only 33 people missing on the day. <laughs> there you go. That's great. So the stats are right. They can't be wrong. Um, West Ham only had 43% of possession. Obviously, that means Huddersfield had 57. Uh, West Ham had 19 shots three of them on target Huddersfield had 10 and two on target I'm surprised they had two um, if I'm honest with you I, I'm surprised we only had three on target as well but but uh, there you go Ian you told us last week you weren't going um, what happened well I did I, I did go because um, the old Brexit debate on Monday it was supposed to have a vote at 10 and I was supposed to do a programme on CNN and then it got shifted to midnight so I thought excellent I can go but Nigel I had a spare ticket you could have gone down to row 31 you need to give me your mobile phone oh, number mate I'll, I'll tell you we'll sort it out and then just let me know where you sit <laughs> and if I know you're not going I'll definitely go down and sit in your seat <laughs> I will not seat <laughs> did did, did you get where to win? Because we saw a lot of people in the East End abandoning their seats uh, when that rain was really coming down. Like the first four or five rows, I don't think you are in those first three rows. Were no, I mean, I mean, I'm in the front row of the upper tier, so it's row 31. But I mean, there was a bit of uh, moisture, I have to say, but not a huge amount. But I did wonder about people at the front because you think, well, if you're 31 rows back and you're getting a little bit of it, but uh, not like you can do about that. Yeah, because it made it look like there was less than 33 people missing for the <laughs> night in, in the London Stadium. <laughs> so tell us about your view of the game. and it, Did it meet your expectations first game of the season? I really enjoyed it, I have to say. Uh, the only time I got bored was when Huddersfield just kept playing it from the right back to the centre back to the centre back to the left back and then back again and then back again again. So no wonder they had 57% of the possession. Uh, and they, they, could, they can certainly pass the ball, but to very little effect, it seemed to me. So um, they didn't really bring a lot to the party. Joe Hart didn't have a save to make until I think the 53rd minute. 
and even the two saves that he did make, neither of them were particularly difficult saves. Um, so it's quite. I, it was good to get a clean sheet because I mean, let's face it, that hasn't happened often lately. Um, and I thought it was a really good all-round performance. I, th- I agree that Kuate was probably the worst player. Obiang, I mean, the, the midfield was, I think, the, the dodgiest part. I thought the defence played well. Font, who I, I'm not a fan of, I thought he had a really good game. I thought James Collins had a really good game. Um, and obviously Antonio. Some of those runs that he did where he did, like hit the ball quite long and then ran after it. And I've just skinned the, the, the full-backs. I thought, I've never seen, well, I have seen him do that before, but not quite so often in the game and, and not... To, not to such good effect. So I thought he played really well. My man of the match, though, would be Andy Carroll because first game for, well, what is it, since March? And I thought he was absolutely immense in the first half. Um, that cross in the first minute that whoever it was didn't quite get on the end of, and that, that could easily have been a goal. And he, they didn't know how to handle him. And he, when he's in that form, it's really difficult for the opposition. So um, I mean, he never never actually, I don't think he had any sort of great scoring chances, but I thought his con- contribution was brilliant. He's so frustrating, isn't he? Because, you know, I almost make my mind up to write him off. And I, I understand, you know, the board had almost done that for this season. And then he comes and plays a game yeah. like that. It, it doesn't really make sense to me because Gary Lewin said, we're not going to take chance. He did an interview about a week ago, two weeks, just before the international break in the noon recorder. Uh, which I obviously get delivered to me in, in Surrey. Um, <laughs> and he he said, we're not going to take a chance on Andy Carroll. We're going to bring him back slowly like we did with Sacco. He'd play a maximum of 20 minutes on his first game, and then we'd build up to 30 minutes, then a half, and then build it. Well, he played for 81 minutes. What what happened there about not risking him? But he, he seemed to last. Well, it... it <laughs> Oh, well, it was it was sort of shit or bust, really, wasn't it? Wasn't it for Billich? I mean, he had he had to take a few gambles, and I mean, I couldn't work out what the formation was throughout the whole game. Maybe I wasn't seeing it right, but I couldn't work out whether we were playing three at the back, five at the back, four at the back, okay. um, and I still don't know to this day what we were doing. And and the sort of the it looked like two up front on the team sheet, and then you thought, well, one of them seems to be on the wing all the time. So what was it sort of three up front as we've been playing before? Because that was the only thing that I... It was three on the back. I'll tell you why it is. Uh, I don't know if you heard. I put it up on uh, Clarence Hugh. Uh, Ginge's interview on Talk Sport at the Sports Bar. Um, he said it was three at the back. He should know. He was well, in there. But if you had them Zabaleta uh, and... Um, Cresswell, as I mean, they they weren't playing tradition. Well, maybe Zabaleta was playing more of a wing back role, uh, but where was Antonio playing then? Because he he, I thought he must then play centrally, but he didn't really. No, yeah, I mean, maybe they didn't fall it, but but certainly Ginge came on the ra- uh, the radio on Talksport and said, yeah, three three at the back, two wing backs moving forward worked really well. He was really chuffed with the, you know, the clean sheet. Sung absolute praises about Andy Carroll. And um, and sort of said, and he, he made a mission. He said we were miles apart in the first three games. He said we were so far away from the other teams, um, but you know we did it for the gaffer, normal stuff you'd expect him to say. Um, and um, you know, I was going to crack open a beer. I and mean, this was about midnight. It was on Talksport. Who who was your who was your player that disappointed? If you want to single one or two out, Ian. Well, Kiate, I, I thought, had a bad game for him. And I'm a huge fan of his. I think he's a really good player. I think Obiang hasn't been at the races, really, this season. Um, did they actually credit that goal to him in the end? Because if they did, he was very lucky. Oh, I can't believe they did. I didn't look at it. What was the dubious goals committee or whatever they're sure, called? Surely they didn't. Um, what happened to Noble? Well, interesting. <laughs> Go on, spill the beans. You obviously know. So, well... Well, our senior source, and we ran this, uh, I'm not saying whether we got in a bit of trouble of this, our senior source told us that he was not already not in the plans for the weekend, uh, for the Monday night game, okay? So Billy had decided that he was going to be on the bench. Uh, on Friday, injured, conveniently, he tweaked a ligament and had to pull out of training. He's injured, wasn't so he? So he then wasn't on the bench. Right. Um, but, but, but. Our senior source tells us he was already dropped before his convenient injury. I'm not saying he's not, he wasn't injured. Um, well, you kind of are. Well, I am. Yeah, but I, hold up. <laughs> senior source. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get this right. You text me the line-up before from a senior source. 
I don't. Yeah, that would be very unprofessional for me to give you the lineup before the game, wouldn't it? There was, there was two errors in that lineup. Yeah, there was. Yeah, the guess that you made then, <laughs> that guess that you made wasn't a lineup. So I suggest perhaps sometimes you need to guess better. Well, I didn't have. I I told you before the game that Noble wasn't in it, didn't I? Well, he was injured. Of course, he wasn't in it. Was that released before the the team came out? Yeah, and I said Andy Carroll would start. Oh, you still made two mistakes, this. though, Sean. I did make two yeah. mistakes. You are you're correct. X didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Look, do you disagree? Do you disagree that whether Noble was injured or not? Right, I'll, I'll ask each of you. Should Noble be dropped anyway? After you saw the game on Monday, let's start with you, George. Noble dropped or or back in the team when he's fit? Well, I'd like to think he would have uh, put that chance Kiyate had away, but I'm... I'm, I'm you're going to drop him. All right, I'll oh. go a bit further. If you're going to drop him, who are you going to replace him with? No, I, I don't know. I think I, I don't think it's the it's the wrong decision to rest Noble for a bit. I think I'm with Ian. I'm a big fan of Kiyate's. I was disappointed with him on Monday, but I don't see Noble fitting in if, if Kiyate and Obiang are are playing as well as they can do and are fully fit. I don't, I don't see Noble fitting in. Okay. All right, Nigel. Drop your your buddy who was born in the same postcode as you, or um, or put him back in the team once he's fit. No, it, I wouldn't have dropped him, but he was injured, so he didn't get picked. <laughs> now, the man wearing the shirt playing well. Should always Quiet. keep the shirt. So, I wouldn't be bringing him back in in place of Kiati or Obiang at the moment. Yeah, but they're not playing well. Well, that's that's your opinion. Uh, Obiang, I, I, I fought a tremendous game on Monday night. I didn't, I Did didn't see a problem with the way they played. Um, so, I would keep him in, see what happens against West Brom. Yes... You know, I will always have Noble in the team because he he's is a barking one boy. of the last players. No, he's not a barking boy because he's a proper West Ham boy. And he's one of the last links to what West Ham should be or should have been or could have you been. You old romantic, you. It's not old romantic. It's a representation of an area of London, isn't it? Which, it, you know, they've sold that away now. And he's one of the last links to it. So I know there's other people that think the same as me, and funny enough, they're all people that come from the same area as me. Mark Lawrenson so. isn't one, and and the, and, and Mark Lauro said. Uh, well, he's an Irishman from Preston. <laughs> he said in his prediction that we would win. I think he might even put us down for a two-nil win, and that we should drop Noble. So obviously, Billich on his 49th birthday read that and said, "Well, if Lauro says so, let's drop him." Where do you stand on this, Ian? Um. I, if he had been fit, uh, I think he would have played. Um, I think Curate is an automatic pick in midfield. If you if you're going to have two defensive midfield players, Curate has got to be one of them. And okay, he did have a dodgy game, but I, I certainly wouldn't drop him for the West Brom game because of that. Uh, Obiang, I think, had a tremendous season last season. You said he, you thought he had a really good game on Monday. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't see that, but maybe I wasn't watching it correctly. I don't know. So I, 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 you don't change a winning team, do you? I, I think that you keep them uh, there. Uh, Fernandez is now injured. I don't know how long for. I'm a huge fan of his, and I think if he's fit, he's really going to challenge for a place, uh, a starting place this season, right through the season. Um, so I, if Noble's fit on Saturday, I would have him on the bench, but I, I wouldn't have him in the starting lineup. You were probably too busy eating popcorn and uh, I can't stand necking Claret and Blue slush puppies, weren't you? In in your no, you get a padded no, seat, don't you? In 1966, you do, but then you wouldn't notice that they were padded, frankly. <laughs> and is it true when they say they engrave your name on the seat? It's a sticker. Is that true? It's not a sticker. It's on the underside of the seat. It's not on the sort of back of the seat. And it, it they, it's like a little credit card thing. They just put in a slot. It's not engraved at all. It's it's sort of typically done on the cheap. Easily replaced. So I've got my name on one seat and my mum's name on the other. And, w and what else do you get? Do you get a free program or or anything else? 
you do get a free program, but they don't put them on the seat. They give you a little book that you have to sort of tear off a little chip from. But of course, I always forget to take the book, so that doesn't really help. Mm. That, 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 mm. that, those apparently you get invited to things. I don't ever recall being invited to anything, but um, that's what they say now. You're going to get invited to meet the players and all the rest of it. Mm. What What is your view of the you know the stadium? Is it has it Ooh. one season in Ian? We we've got the view from the others because we talked to them a lot about this. Is is your your view uh, one season on changed? I I absolutely love it. I mean, I loved Upton Park, and my heart would still, like Nigel's, go back to Upton Park if we could, but we can't. Um, it's a very different experience. I don't think it's a bad experience. I think there have been, obviously, the well-known teething problems. Um, but in terms of it feeling like home, with every passing game, it gets a little bit closer to, to doing that. And I think that the, the players feel that as well. And there were sort of little touches that you saw around the ground on Monday, which weren't there before, that they, they, they are doing their best to West Hamify it as much as they can. And over time, that will happen. I think we've all got to be a little bit more patient than, than some of us have been, Nigel. <laughs> well, well, but Ian, <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, you was happy with the move, weren't you? I was, yeah. So I know well, you I was happy. I was happy in the sense that I thought it made sense for the development of the club uh, as a business and the fact that we would get better players. Um, if you, as I say, it's a heart versus head thing for me, and in these, you have to sometimes let your head rule your heart. Well, my head and heart were together, and I still think it was a wrong move. <laughs> so, but let's be honest, you did try and get a 1966 seat. If you could have got one, you would be sitting. <laughs> Next to Ian with your padded yeah, seat I, and your I, name on That's right. I did try and get a nineteen sixty six seat. But typical West Ham, they sold them out to all the plus tours that turned up with their mates. So the regular long standing seasons to get olders didn't get a look in, we couldn't move up. And that that, that that is a that is a disgrace actually that they did that. I mean, I, I had two season tickets up to Park, so obviously I then took got two at the Olympic Stadium. But if, if they really did that and let people in who hadn't had season tickets before in that section, I think that's really wrong. I mean, Ian's got a Sony Broadcast Award. What have you got, uh, Nigel? I've, I'm I'm looking at um, my uh, newest the pin trophy. <laughs> from the West Ham to like die golf uh, day last year that I organised uh, and, and my hacker West Ham till I day, uh, golf was trophy. there a West Ham till I die golf day why didn't I go what <laughs> you weren't invited oh, I, I only start the bloody site <laughs> and I don't get an invite <laughs> I actually made trophies that said West Ham till I die hell. <laughs> you really did hate me didn't you I'll invite you Good. to the next one I'm... don't worry <laughs> no I didn't hate you <laughs> hey, that's a bit strong. Oh, we've got to bond, Nigel. You've got to come and sit with me. Oh, I'll take you up on that. I, I want a YouTube channel just with like you two uh, at, at the ground sitting. Didn't we bond that day in the box at the, at the bowling flat? Oh, that Liverpool was a great game, game, wasn't it? That was a fantastic evening. And we all, we all got to hug Bianca, yeah. didn't we? Uh, well, yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it comes to something when I'm more impressed by that than you are. But. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I want to know what happened with Bianca when she did the interview and they released four minutes. So apparently she did a, I, I spoke to her, she did a 25-minute interview with Slav and she said they hugged at the end. I want to know what where the deleted scenes are and, and, and what happened with that because ha- the rest of that hasn't been released. She said she was quite hard on it. <sighs> Moving on on that, what what do you think? I'm mean, going to start with George on, on the relationship because a lot's been said by Slav. You know, he said that the, the two players he was offered didn't quite happen like that. I was speaking to David Holtzink earlier who didn't quite understand that because what David, he said... David who? David who? Holtzink. Who? Holtzink. <laughs> Don't make me say it again. Say it again. Holtzink. Let's get this right because I'm going to bring Dave after this and say... I spoke to him earlier. Oh, on, on his way to sell as a wine merchant in, in New York State to sell something. And he... Who did you speak to? David Holtzink. Holtzink. <laughs> No, Houtzig. <laughs> oh, for goodness sake. Houtzig. <laughs> Can I tell the story now? Yeah, go for it. So, he said, from all the interviews he'd seen, he thought that Slavon Binch was saying he wasn't offered the players. But actually, if I, I've watched a number of these interviews, and what he actually says is it was taken out of context. In other words, he was offered these players... But it was in the middle of him sort of saying, would you want these players instead of Cavalio? And he was saying, I didn't want to be distracted. I thought I'd get Cavalio, so I stayed on it. He said, you know, I, the same happened with Chikorito. I was offered Chikorito, and then suddenly in comes, uh, you know, do you want Giroud? Do, do you want uh, Vardy? Um, so it almost like um, he was offered these players. He did turn them down, but he didn't want to be distracted. We were offered Vardy. That's that's what Slav said in one of his interviews. Reg yeah. Vardy from on the buses, Canning Town boy. <laughs> uh, truthfully, Reg Vardy was from Canning Town. <laughs> so let me go back to my question. My question, starting with George, is, you know, is there a rift between David Sullivan and Slavin Bilic? Because in his post-match interview, he went some way to say, you're taking parts of my interv- my my press interviews out of context to try and make it more of a rift than it is. What what do you think, George? I think I, I think it's it's all one big embarrassment. I think the the contradiction between the pair of them in the media in such a public way is embarrassing. They're supposed to be part of the same team, part of the same club. I don't understand why either of them feel the need to contradict each other. I think if I felt sorry for anyone it would be for Slav because, you know, David Sullivan is his boss. And if that was my boss doing that to me in, in such a public way and, and contradicting me in such a public way, I wouldn't be happy with it. I'm not sure David Sullivan has relationships with managers in, in a conventional way. I think he, um, those who know him will know he spends a lot of time on email. He spends a lot of time in his room, in his office, in his Essex mansion. You know, the, the, the vision of him sitting down with a manager or anyone on a regular basis just doesn't happen. It, a lot of it's over the phone and that, and via email. So we think that's okay, do we? we is that a, a recipe for a successful football club? But that that that's that is that is what you get with David Sullivan. Well, that would be why none of his football clubs have been successful. Then should Ooh. I say? Ooh. <laughs> Nigel, I know you're uh, a big lover of. Uh, David Sullivan, I'm sure you joined in with the Dildo Brothers uh, song on Monday night as the inflatable was thrown around in, in uh, our section in, in block 113 and 114. Yeah, but I was that far away. I couldn't hear what they were saying. Um, <laughs> I don't think... I, I, I don't think there's a big rift between them. There's obviously... Sullivan likes to talk. We know that. Billich normally doesn't really like to discuss what's gone on behind closed doors. He'll keep that private. Is it telling that he said something perhaps he felt obliged to? I don't know. I don't think he really said a lot. 
he he just said it wasn't our it was led to believe Sullivan all he said was we offered him the players and he didn't take him you know threw him threw him under the bus he threw him under the bus yeah you know it it, that don't look good but then again motivation it was to motivate the manager to win I don't think it was motivation I think that's the way if David Sullivan was on this podcast he would tell you that that was a motivational talk and and it made him try harder and that's why we beat Huddersfield on Monday night that's crap because it ain't motivational you you know it ain't motivational and he does it time and time again so it's something in Sullivan that says I'm the boss I'll do what I like I'll say what I like and I don't care if I upset anyone and I don't think he does care if he upsets anyone yeah, it, nor it, do I it's his train set he can play a bit whichever exactly, way he wants exactly but perhaps George I think George has got a, a bit right there and perhaps it is evident as to why you know he doesn't really move any teams really forward well I, I did pose the question if there was one change uh, I, I saw a great tweet on, on social media that said, can we get a proper director of football and just buy um, David Sullivan a copy of FIFA, or sorry, football manager uh, instead? And, you know, joking aside, there there is there is a point to that. You know, some may argue that David Sullivan's view of transfers, etc., is sort of set in the, the Birmingham days, you know, and he's still got the mentality of doing transfers as he was in Birmingham, and the world's moved on from that. Would a, a, a director of football work better for West Ham? I don't know. I don't know if he could be that hands-off. I, I spoke to, I was going to get him as an interview today, but I spoke to Barry Fry, who's director of football at Peterborough. He was actually at the game on Monday night with Gold, still good friends with um, uh David Gold and I spoke to him earlier today. He, he was at a reserve game for Peterborough, and he, he is going to come on the podcast in the next few weeks. Um, but I asked him, um, you know, what is it like to be managed by uh, David Sullivan? And he only can say great things about it. He think all us West Ham fans are mad, by the way, in you know being disrespectful to the board, calling board out. And he says, look, uh, and I think I mentioned some of this last week. I had to do really quite a lot to get sacked, you know. I told I told them I would get them promoted. I would get them out of this division. I did. I got them relegated. And he said even when he was sacked, right, he was allowed to keep his car. He was allowed to keep his house. And he was paid money that he wasn't due. That's what, what he thinks of them. And, and they, they stick by the people. Before that... Um, Trevor Francis was a manager for six years. He wanted out. They, he left by mutual consent. After that, you had Steve Bruce for six years at Birmingham. Again, he was still in place when they left. No, he wasn't. They come in. No, he wasn't. He was. No, yeah, he, he was. wasn't. So, what what are we saying? So why why are we why are we assuming that the fact that they keep their managers makes them brilliant owners? No, I think I think sometimes, and I think Ian wrote about this, and I'm going to bring him in on this. They're too indecisive. They don't sack them fast enough, in my view. Absolutely, and 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 they don't want to pay the the, the nomination. Oh well, that's the key, because as I said on on Talksport, I said the problem is they only let you know why did they let Avron Grant grow? Because they had a clause in the contract that said if we got relegated, there's no compensation. They could sack him. Sam Allardyce. No matter all the polls we did to get Allardyce out, mainly led by uh, Ian and, and Nigel, who, who instigated them. Uh, you know, the, the board didn't take any, any notice of that whatsoever. I'll, I'll acknowledge my part if you acknowledge your part. I was just Go a on. facilitator for you and, and Ian. Yeah. Uh, they didn't take, you know, yeah, his contract right. ran out before they got rid of him. And therefore, I, I don't think they were sackers. My information before the game was he wasn't going to go even if we lost. Let's not panic. It's four games. We they weren't. They had no one to replace him, despite all the, um, the the talk in the press. Ian, I know you wrote an article for West Ham till I die, talking about this, talking about they're too indecisive. Can you can you tell our listeners what, what the, the gist of that piece? Well, I th- I think that 
they have made up their minds that he's going to go at some point. They're not going to renew his contract anyway at the end of the season. So it's a matter of when, not if. And if you've made that decision, you might as well make the decision, um, the proper decision, to get rid as soon as you can because then it gives you ample time for a new person to bed in. Um, I think they had thought seriously about getting rid of him uh, after the Newcastle game. It would have been an ideal time because you could then got the international break to find someone else. The problem is, who else is there? Um, and I, I don't know where this comes from that they wouldn't have got rid of him after... I mean, if we'd lost 3-0 on Monday to Huddersfield at home, I can't see any way that he would still be in the job now. Um, now, if we lose at West Brom, I think that's a, that's a, a different matter, maybe. But I, I think it is a case of when, not if. Um, so... I don't want to see him go. Um, like sort of a lot of people, I've always been a great fan of his. I think he does make sort of sometimes sort of rather odd decisions, but then doesn't every manager. And uh, he he was saved by not just by the result on Monday, but also by the performance, because it was quite clear that every player in that team was up for it. And that hasn't been the case all the time. Uh, and the fact that I think one or two of the players afterwards, they, they went further than they needed to in terms of sort of issuing words of support for him. Um, so I think any question that we felt after the Newcastle game that he'd actually lost the dressing room, there's that Danny Gabidon article, and we talked a bit about that last week, where he said, well, he, he didn't really say much after the game and sort of didn't didn't say anything particularly uh, to get them going again. Um, I, I still feel that he, his time is coming to a close, which makes me feel sad, but I think it's inevitable. Well, it would cost them a million quid, and that's a lot of popcorn and slush puppets. Um, I don't think they're ready to pay that out. If they think and they believe he can keep them in the division, then I think then they're, they're happy and say, we will sort this out, rather than do a knee-jerk um, you know, reaction and put someone in, they would wait to the summer and say, well, if he can keep us in the division, um, we won't get relegated. Let's decide yeah. that. The, 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 the problem is that we're going through the Allardyce experience again, in, in a way, because at the end of his last season, where everybody knew he wasn't staying, the players basically didn't really care anymore. Why, should, why, why would they in some ways? And so uh, I can't remember the statistics, but in the last seven or eight games of that season, we we didn't get hardly any points. Now, we we can't afford to be in the position in March where if we don't get many points in April and May, we're, we're, we're going to be in danger of going down. Now, if by Christmas we're like in the, in the I don't know, 8th, 9th, 10th, and we look fairly comfortable, then you can make a case for him staying. But I think it's quite dangerous if we're in the bottom half um, sort of at Christmas or, or just after. I, I'd rather fear what might happen at the end of the season then. Yeah. But I don't know who would replace him. There's been a lot of names mentioned. But the last time, a lot of people, including myself, and I'm sure a lot of people on this podcast, were calling for Eddie Howe, right? Eddie Howe um, has got, what has he got? Four games, and 40. he hasn't won anything, has he? He's, he's not got a single point. Is he under pressure? Should he be sacked? What You know, on the same thing, should if he have been sacked after his fourth game using the same thing as Huddersfield? Um, I don't know is the honest answer to that. I think he's performed yeah, miracles at Bournemouth, so I think he probably gets more latitude than most other managers. Um, I think Eddie Howe's is a different case, Eddie Howe. I think, you know, he's he's done a lot for Bournemouth and he's turned Bournemouth into almost a, a comfortable Premier League team, so I think he deserves more yeah. time than a, than a okay. manager. Well, we'll move on from the manager. The last thing I will discuss before we give our, our predictions... All right, all right, can I just say one thing? Go on. I just want to prove you wrong. Go and check. Go on. Steve Bruce left Birmingham. I knew you'd be checking that. I knew you'd be checking that. <laughs> sure, like I was going to check sure he didn't come back for a second time? No, he didn't come back. Alex McLeish was appointed in November 2007 and Golden Sullivan left in 20... 2009. They didn't leave in 2009. Oh, yeah, they yes, did, they actually. Did. So they sacked... You sure? I'm sure. They didn't I'll sack Bruce... Bruce was allowed to leave because that's when the uh, Chinese geezer tried to do the first takeover and didn't get all the money. Mm. Bruce was worried that he'd lose his job, so jump ship to Wigan. Actually, Golden State. Oh, well, there you go. It must. It, 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 the point was, it didn't cost him any money. No, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> but he was. But I want. 
So I think I want to talk about the baggies game coming up because uh, I wrote something on Clarence Hugh tonight, which has caused a little bit of controversy about could Chikorito be dropped? And I've said, you know, you, Tony Pulis likes to play a very direct game. Uh, Joe Hart's come out and said it's not going to be for the football purists on on Saturday. Um, and I've said, well, I wrote a blog saying, well, I think I could see him being dropped because they want Andy Carroll up front. You can't really drop AU. Yes, you uh, and Altovic will be on the left wing in his next one. Uh, well, you, you you answer that. So you start with you, Nigel. Where, what what's the lineup then? You you think Chikorito fits in? Little P fits into a game against the Baggers on Saturday? Yeah, I, I I would stick with the same lineup. Try and I'd like to see. Personally, start with so you start the same. You say don't change a winning team. Yeah? No, yeah, don't change a winning team. I mean, I prefer four four two. That's because I'm an old dinosaur. Uh, but I think four four two will work better when we get Lanzini and Arnautovic back. Um, I think you'll have to go to a four four two. Then. Well, Arnautovic is, is will be available for West Brom, won't Yeah, he? but he, yeah. he can. Yeah, well, yeah, because where do you? I can't see him slotting him in. If you looked at the team we played Huddersfield, how would you play Arnautovic and Lanzini in that team? You couldn't. It would be a bit difficult. You couldn't. So therefore, with Arnautovic and with Lanzini, you would have to go to a four-four-two ditch font, flat back, uh, flat back four, four in midfield, two up front. I think that'll be a better team. Then perhaps until Lanzini's ready, we'll stick with the three-five-two. But you're going to stick with Chicharito on the on the left wing, yeah? No, not on the left left wing. I will, the players can roam the pitch at the end of the day. As soon as they cross that white line. They'll run where they want to run. You know, after time, the manager's shouting at them. They probably can't even hear him. I've asked <laughs> professional footballers this, and they've all told me exactly the same. When they cross the white line, 90% of it is down to them, what happens on yeah. the pitch. They make the mistakes. The problem is the manager's the one that carries the can. Yeah. Well, I did see... I, it's funny. For, for about five minutes, I wasn't watching the game. I was watching Billage. And do you know what? He is. He never stays in his technical area. He's on the pitch some of the time. He's out in the other technical area. He's out of his box. He's so animated, holding his hip, jumping up and down. He he almost does every single kick. George, your 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 lineup. Who do you drop? Do you start with winning team? What do you do against uh, uh, one of Tony Pulis's teams? I think you start the way we started on Monday. I think I agree. Don't change winning team. I know RU came on and made a difference, but I don't think. Hernandez deserves to be dropped. Um, I think he, I think he'll start the same way we started on Monday. But ideally, I think I agree we go four four two and start two up front. That would be my ideal. But I don't think Ian any change from from the other two. The only I wouldn't change the personnel, but I do think it'll if you if you're going to play three five two, which is effectively what we did on Monday, you've got to let Chikorito play off Andy Carroll and that didn't happen really on Monday did it they, they didn't really combine at all um, and that's what I think we all hope can happen that they, they will actually be a fairly lethal striking partnership but I didn't see much evidence of that even though I thought Carroll had a really good game um, so I hope that there'll be a bit more connection between the two on Saturday if they do start and I, I mean, what, again if we think we play quite well why would, why would you change anything? I don't think there's a case for Ayu to start. Yes, he has actually scored a few goals. Um, and and his contribution on Monday was good for, for the last 20 minutes. It clearly made, meant quite a lot to him to have scored that goal. Um, he really celebrated in, a, I thought, a really genuine way. Um, but I don't think I would... I mean, who, do, who do you drop if, you don't, if, if he comes in? I, I don't know who that would be. Well, I think you drop Font out. For me, you drop Font and you put a Bonner in. No, but that changes uh, the whole formation. Uh, yeah, I think it? it's a four-five-one. You put Andy Carroll up top, and I just see us. And and as Hart said, it won't be a purist game. You know, at one point, if they try and stop us playing the game, I see them going back to Route One football and, and banging them up to Andy Carroll to, as a as a way through just well, to get a result. Which they did a bit on Monday, didn't they? They honest. did a little bit, but not very much. But I can see that happening more at uh, at West Brom to try and get a result um, and, and use Andy Carroll. Uh, on his own up front, and we'll see. We'll see. Um, 
Well, we get a result on Saturday and we could go 10th. I mean, how, how different. I know, it's I mean, crazy. Six isn't days it? and we're, we go, we were bottom. Yeah, yeah. So let's go predictions before we finish. Um, let's start with you, George. Uh, we, we've got two games, but I think we're back on Monday, aren't we, before the Bolton game. So let's just go with the baggies. What, what's your prediction for the baggies? I'll go for a one-all draw and I'll take that all day long. Who's scoring it? Uh, Andy Carroll, why not? Um, Nigel, from your shed. Oh, the dreaded Pulis. Oh, you know, another one I loathe. Um, I fear. I've, being positive, we'll get a draw. But I wouldn't like to think we would, actually. Nil nil. Nil nil. Oh dear. Cheery Nige. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Ian, bring us up. One nil Antonio. That's one nil Antonio. I'm gonna go for a three nil win with an Andy Carroll hat trick. <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time we beat a Pulis team? I don't know. You'll, you'll know. There's no point in me making up and trying to bluff you because you'll just look it up. I like you, it, you'll like that. I think it'll be. I think it'll be two years ago, West Brom away when we beat them three nil or three one. Was it? Yeah. Was yeah, it? It's a couple of years ago. We've, we've For some reason you like to. You like the truth, Nigel. You like to look I know, up it's facts. Strange that, isn't it? It's strange that I don't make it up and go along and put it down as facts like you do. <laughs> and, pub- and publish <laughs> it on a website. The facts. <laughs> There's people like you calling me out oh, when no. I get stuff wrong. Oh no. Anyway, I think that's all the time we've got tonight. Uh, we have been running the podcast for quite long uh, of late because there's been a lot to talk about. Uh, we'll be back uh, next week, and and hopefully John will be returning, and we'll be back to uh, uh, to normal. Uh, it will be the one without not uh, without Ian Dale uh, next week. Um, but thanks for listening. Um, I've been Sean. Yeah. Yeah. Nice one, Sean. I feel really, really wanted. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming, Ian. <laughs> George, you've been... I've been allowed to be here, by the sounds of it. Yeah, you weren't that drunk, actually. Nigel has been... Um, the sang. And our standing presenter, Ian, has been... Billy No Mates, by the sound of it. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go it's a wrap come on you iron Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 